Hello everybody, this is me Amin. And this is Alex. And welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About. And in this episode, our ongoing coverage of the COVID-19 situation in Malaysia. I don't know, what do you think of the situation right now? Are, are, are things getting better or are things getting worse? Uh, from my side, I see that vaccination is on track. I think uh, Malaysia is one of the leading countries in terms of providing vaccinations to its people. Uh, we are almost hitting it. 80, uh, 50% of the population, right? Yeah, we, we really hit that yesterday. So we already exceeded oh. 50%. Yeah. We've, okay, so we already exceeded 50% of the population. And uh, if I think we mentioned in our previous shows that, you know, 50% of the population fully vaccinated is kind of like a turning point uh, where a number of countries, like countries in the Europe, countries in Europe, countries uh, like uh, the United States have started fully opening up uh, as soon as the population has hit 50% uh, fully vaccinated. So that's why you see if you're watching Formula 1, you're watching football, you can see tons and tons of people at the stadiums without masks, uh, people enjoying Formula 1, live action uh, at the track without wearing masks. So uh, I hope I don't, I don't jinx it. I hope we are going to get there soon. Um, if you look at all the news reports, today's show is recorded on Thursday, the 9th of September. So uh, just to be clear on that, so if it, we are seeing signs uh, of uh, things opening up in Malaysia, for example, right? So uh, recently, I think it was last week or this week, I can't remember, hiking was allowed. Uh, this week, uh, borders uh, within Klang Valley, uh, Selangor, Kuala Lumpur and what, Putrajaya, Cyberjaya? Putrajaya. Uh, yeah, are, are now opened up so we can travel more freely. Uh, Dine-in is allowed. Cinemas are open. But, you know, the, the government is now, is continuously being more cautious uh, and, you know, uh, half capacity. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see that the private sector as well is not just hoping for the government to, to decide on the SOP. We see, uh, even, even when dine-in is allowed by the government, we see a number of restaurants not allowing people to dine-in. They are taking it into their own hands to be extra cautious. And that's great because people are now more aware of the dangers of the, of the COVID virus and they are taking this as, uh, on, um, upon themselves to, to help uh, the country and to help the government to make sure that everybody stays safe. Uh, vaccination is on track and that's great. Now, the reason why I'm bringing all this up is that there are now talks, right? So uh, was it this week or, or last? I think it was this week, right, Alex? Uh, our newly minted, uh, our, our newly minted uh, health minister mentioned that we're looking at Sarawak and Labuan as an indication of the COVID-19 virus becoming an endemic becoming, no, not an endemic, becoming endemic to Malaysia. What does that mean? Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Uh, and and what should you know about what's going to happen, right? So to start off the conversation, I think we need to differentiate what is a epidemic, what is a pandemic, and what is an endemic. So what are these three things? So a pandemic is something that we're seeing right now with the COVID-19 uh, with the virus. So it basically... It spreads exponentially across borders. It affects regions, continents, and basically around the world. And the and also the previous pandemic that we saw that as, as that goes at this scale is like the Spanish flu virus. <laughs> I'm nearly say Spanish fly. So like the Spanish flu virus. So it actually spreads across across borders. And an epidemic is some is a disease that actually affects a large number of people within a close community population or region. So some examples of an epidemic include smallpox yellow fever, polio, and measles. And an endemic, 
okay, sounds similar to an epidemic, but it's different. Endemic is something that's predictable, something that's constant and becoming normal. So it's sim- so it's as common as like the the common cold, malaria, dengue, and chickenpox. Mm. So endemic is something that's av- not available. Like. It's something that exists in in a certain country or a community. Is 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 uh, does it go all the way down to a community level? Yeah. So for for example, uh, you know, uh, in Malaysia, uh, I think a good example would be dengue. So dengue is something that's endemic to this country uh, or to this region, um, because you know we have the Aedes mosquito and because of our climate, it's something that you you can't avoid. Um, similarly, uh, like malaria, right? So malaria is something that's en- endemic to the African region because again of the mosquitoes that they have there, um, and and I guess. I I guess that's a good sign. So does it mean that the of uh the the government and the the health officials are giving up on COVID or what does it mean to classify it as an endemic? So essentially, is that the the strategy has changed because previously when the when COVID first started, right, the the initial goal was you know let's bring down the case to zero, let's kill this virus once and for all. But looking at the situation and as you can see, right, there's mutations that's going on. So previously we have the Delta virus. Now there's a what Mu virus. There's mm. and there's a Mu variant that's coming up. Mm. So mm. you can see that this COVID situation is going to be evolving. So it we reach a point that you know I think it's it's going to be tough for us to 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 move towards a, a situation that whereby we eliminate COVID for good. So instead of focusing on having zero cases, we're now looking at how do we normalize this in the in the sense that this virus will infect will continue to infect people. But how do we reduce the severity of the virus? How do we reduce death? Mm. And that's one uh, one way to 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 contain it is through like vaccinations. So with vaccinations, yes, it does not stop people from being infected, but at least we will try to re- it will help to reduce the severity of the virus. So people will get infected most likely they have little or no symptoms, and eventually you know we have less death if more people are being vaccinated. So that's what we're looking at. So I think a lot of countries are, are also considering considering COVID as an endemic uh, in the long term. Even Singapore as well are also moving towards that. Malaysia is also moving, moving towards that. Like you said uh, earlier that uh, KJ has actually had, have talks that, you know, uh, Malaysia is going to move into COVID-19 endemic by October. And one example we can look at is Labuan and Sarawak because they are the first few states to have fully vaccinated like more than 60 or 70% of the total population. Mm-hmm. And if you look at Sarawak, so a lot of people are saying that, okay, uh, what's going on with Sarawak? Because Sarawak has high vaccination rates, but yet mm-hmm. they record like 3,000 new cases on a daily basis the past week. In fact, they've overtaken Slango. So <laughs> people wondering, what's going on? Yep. So, okay, to, we need to look into what's going on in the state because, number one, Sarawak is one of the first few states that moved into phase three of the NRP. Dine-ins were allowed like a few months back. So, life has been returning to normal much earlier than other states. So, people can dine-in, people can actually uh, open up more business sectors. And if you look at the daily cases, yes, 3,000 cases sounds scary, but 99% of those cases are category one and two. So, category one means that you have no symptoms. You get COVID, but you don't feel any sick. There's no symptoms at all. Category two is slight symptoms, but all these are very minor, very uh, uh, very minor that you don't need to go to hospital. In fact, if you look at the cases, right, eighty percent of them are category one, which means that they don't even know they got COVID. They got tested, oh, I'm positive, but there's no symptoms. 
And in terms of severe outcomes, there's only like a single digit cases of category five on a daily basis. And even the deaths have dropped significantly. And a good indicator that this is under control is looking at the ICU utilization. So in Sarawak, hospitalizations have dropped, ICU cases have dropped, deaths have dropped as well. So at one point, Sarawak was contributing like 40% of deaths for the whole nation, but now mm. it's dropped to like 2 to 3%. So that's an indication that, you know, COVID is becoming as common as a common cold. Yeah, so with regards to like whether uh, the government and uh, the health officials, are, the, the health uh, doctors and all that in general are still fighting COVID or not, uh, whether they're giving up, uh, I think that's not the question, right? So uh, whether COVID is here as an endemic or as a pandemic, uh, I think the, the, the outcome is everybody wants to save lives. Uh, people want to live and the doctors and the government wants to save life because there is an impact to the economy and there's an impact to a lot of other things. It's just now, like you mentioned, Alex, the strategy has changed. So previously, it was like, we will crush this and we will eliminate COVID-19 from the face of the earth, right? So it's like, uh, I don't know. um, Zero cases, you know, let's aim for zero cases. Yeah, is is it like polio or smallpox? Something that we've killed and will not ever come back, right? Um, but that has changed, right? So because it's it's so it's it's spread so fast and it has changed, it has mutated, it is now airborne. That they've changed their approach, uh, like you said, their strategy. So like, okay, we we might not be able to eliminate this from the face of the earth right now. Uh, and looking at it as an approach to say that, okay, maybe we need to just be able to cure it or treat it and make sure that people are are alive even after they've contracted COVID-19 is the best approach. And we see that, uh, we see the effectiveness of uh, vaccinations, we see the effectiveness of um, uh, uh, all the the SOPs that have been put in place uh, prior to being vaccinated, right? Uh, then what are the strategies that's going to be, be put in place moving forward? Uh, will people be needing booster shots? Uh, will there be? How do we contain new variants uh, like the one that you mentioned, the mu variant, which is after the Delta variant? Well, the answer is we don't know. Uh, I think the health officials in the health industry does, doesn't know either. Uh, in fact, the talk about uh, having booster shots and all that are still are still in talks. Uh, there are talks of whether uh, w- w- that you should you should have a combination of vaccines, so you should combine Pfizer with Astra or Sino with Astra or Sino with Pfizer. Those things are still experimental, so we don't have the final word on that. The best thing, as we've, we've, we've always mentioned in in all the episodes, is to just get vaccinated first. Something is definitely better than nothing. Uh, I guess from what you've mentioned, Alex, the number of cases, although it has shot up, it's kind of like an outbreak, right? So if something that is endemic, suddenly number of cases rises, it's kind of like an outbreak. Then you look at what is the result of the outbreak? Are people dying? Is the economy affected? In Sarawak and Labuan, we see that most cases, majority are very mild symptoms. Some of them don't even have any symptoms uh, and the number of deaths is very low. Um. This is okay. I'm just being skeptical, but this is of course uh, Labuan and and, uh, and 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 Sarawak, right? The demographics are different. Uh, the spread of the population is different. They're not as uh, as dense as in the Klang Valley. 
do we take all this out of the equation and still say that okay this is an indication and if it happens if the numbers are low if the numbers show the same thing that we can call it an endemic in 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 Klang Valley as well well i guess like uh it's still too early to tell, but the signs are there that this can be an endemic because if you look across other states, like I think the next state that's, that's to look at would be the Klang Valley because Klang Valley has also a massive vaccination drive. Um, most of them have been fully vaccinated as well. In fact, I think 6 million adults in the Klang Valley have been fully vaccinated. And if you look at the trend, uh, ICU cases have been dropping in the Klang Valley, which is a good sign, which is quite similar to what we're seeing in Sarawak and Labuan. Uh, in fact, as of 8th of September, ICU utilization previously was like over charts, man. It's like more than 100%. Mm. It has dropped to 66% in Kuala Lumpur and Slango. ICU cases has dropped to 90% utilization. So there's a science that shows that, you know, we are moving into an endemic phase in the Klang Valley at least. Of course, the more critical factor right now are the other states with low vaccination rates. States such as Kedah, uh, Penang, uh, Sabah, where the utilization of ICUs are pretty high. Yeah, I guess, you know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm just so happy, right? So we have the data. Uh, and again, this is assuming that the data is legit and everybody's reporting all the things. But like you mentioned, right? So deaths is something that you cannot avoid. You must report. And we are seeing a general trend of deaths uh, uh, going down uh, across the board. Uh, and the, the other good thing is that we're seeing the number of people that are affected with severe symptoms are mostly unvaccinated people, right? So the percentages of people who have been vaccinated and uh, are COVID-19 uh, positive and have uh, severe symptoms is almost non-existent. It's quite low. Um, but then again, I want to remind everyone that even though if you're fully vaccinated, doesn't mean you can't get infected. You can get infected, but at least you won't get the severe outcomes of it. And speaking about immunity and all that, right? I'll let's want to segue about immunity because mm. our people are showing concerns that you know uh, are vaccinations enough. Mm. Uh, well, some early studies have shown that people who have recovered from the Delta variant have stronger immunities than those who who just rely on vaccinations. So that, but that doesn't mean that you don't get vaccinated, because from what they have shown is that people who got infected and they got vaccinated, they are all truly more protected than a person who are recovered but not vaccinated. So the combination of that will actually boost immunity. So that's what the early studies have shown, not really finalized yet. So even if you get fully vaccinated, if you get infected, the likelihood of you getting infected again will be quite be less severe. So of course, the advice will be to get vaccinated. So it doesn't mean that, okay, you get infected, you get, you get full immunity, let's go out and get infected. No, you shouldn't do that. The point is, you get vaccinated, so if you get infected, it won't kill you, but it will boost immunity. Okay, and I just want to add to that, right? So, uh, a lot of people forget that, you know, humans have been around for millions of years, and this is not the first time that we've encountered something uh, like this before, right? So, we had the Spanish flu, like you mentioned before, we had the Black Plague, uh, we have, we've been through a number of plagues, and uh, in, in, in a time where there was no, the, the technology to create vaccines didn't exist and people had to tr treat it the traditional way, right? Just overcome it or unfortunately Isolation. die. Isolation, yeah. Yeah. So it's part of, you know, 
it's unfortunate that I'm saying this, but it's part of natural selection, right? Uh, those who recover, they develop immunity. They are able to pass their genes down to people, and and and, and the next generation becomes stronger and stronger. They have the genetic makeup to be able to fight the the virus. Uh, in this case, what the vaccine does is just speed up the process, and 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 we're seeing although we we're seeing millions of deaths already. You know, the number could have been much much higher. Uh, directly related to the virus and indirectly related to the virus because of the 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 the, the load that treating people with COVID nineteen has on the health industry, right? So we're we're seeing that being reduced significantly with the advent of uh, the vaccine. But like you said, Alex, right? So being infected by it and having the vaccine will allow us to develop a natural immunity. To something like this, and if you know, if we're going to have kids in the future, these kids will be able to have that makeup and be able to fight the virus more effectively. So you know, at the end of the day, I think there is there are finally good signs, right? Almost two years since the start of this pandemic, uh, we've developed a, a a a vaccine in record time. We've been able to vaccinate people in 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 large numbers in record time and at the same time we see the adoption of technology being uh fast track right so uh now after covid has been declared an endemic people will be will now be able to start looking at what's next into the future right how do we then continue living our lives normally and this normal I guess ironically now is the new normal. Not the new normal in a way that okay you have to wear masks and you have to social distance because you know we're humans and we want to embrace each other and we want to socialize and we want to socialize without masks and we want to go and dine in. That is our nature and that's not going to change. We will naturally gravitate towards that. What I mean by the new normal is that uh work for example work life, right? So Offices and, and, and companies are now looking at adopting a hybrid work model. Even the big, big tech giants like Google, Apple uh, and Microsoft are considering like, okay, you know what? Maybe this is the way of, of working in the future that people can choose whether they want to work from home or whether they want to work in the office. Obviously, uh, factories and all that will not have that luxury. But, you know, it is, for me at least, the way I see it is having all this uh, hybrid model of working and all that opens up the possibility of a better quality of life overall for everybody. And for me, the 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 takeaway from all this uh, fighting the COVID-19 virus for almost two years is that, right? We now have better knowledge, better capabilities, and better understanding to, number one, fight a virus of this mag- magnitude, be able to cope and develop um, the means and just the means and sheer willpower of continuing the human the continuing humanity and 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 not giving up on our modern day um uh, conveniences right and for me that's the biggest takeaway and i'm just happy that that finally you know we see the end the end of the the light at the end of the tunnel what do you think I think also it's a wake-up call for everyone that, you know, um, diseases are real. Uh, we're going to anticipate <laughs> more diseases in the future. So at least I think governments and countries, we need to take in consideration the healthcare system. Like, are we prepared for the next COVID or something even worse? Mm. So also if that's, that, that does happen in the near future, at least we're better prepared for it. At least we know what to do. 
how do we put resources, and how do we help to accelerate the development of you know new medical breakthroughs to contain the future viruses? Yeah. So I guess uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, okay. So we started out the show to find out what does it mean to be classified uh, to to have COVID nineteen be classified as something that is endemic to Malaysia or endemic to to the region, uh, and 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 during that discussion, we 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 discover all these things, right? What it means to to recover and to return stronger and return back to normalcy. Personally, I can't wait to be able to, you know, go to cinemas. I can't wait. Actually, that's the one thing I miss the most after COVID. Uh, and I can't wait to to be able to just, you know, go out and have fun. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, and that's the cue for me to say, you know, uh, thanks very much for watching. Uh, and if you if you don't know, uh, let's talk about is available on podcast. So just search for Sorry Chinchao. Let's talk about, and we are available on any and all of your favorite podcast platforms. Whether it's on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google, uh, we're there. Uh, if you do listen to us on podcast, please do give us a five star rating because that helps uh, more listeners discover our show. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, thanks very much for watching. Uh, please do give us a thumbs up if the show has been informative and useful for you. Uh, please do subscribe to our channel if you haven't already if you find our content useful and, and helpful for, for you and everybody else and as always comments uh, responses and suggestions we, we love uh, hearing from you guys uh, because that helps us uh, make better shows and, and give us ideas of what to talk about in the next episode alright so uh, is there anything else you want to add Alex before we ciao well, just stay safe and of course, continue to follow SOP like wearing your face mask and to social distance for now. Alright, okay. So that's pretty much it. This is me, Amin. And this is Alex. Uh, catch you guys later. Bye. Bye.